The following episode of TOEFOP is classified M.A. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, sexual references, a sex scene, prison rape, time travel, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. <laughs> Hello and welcome to TOEFOP, I'm Jolly Clawson. And I am William James Anderson. I was just going to say right off the bat, this is going to be a shorter than normal. It's a 2020. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, from our last episode, we're doing a shorter version. Yeah. Yeah. All the highlights. Yeah. It's As opposed be... to our Oscars rap, which was our <laughs> Test Match Cricket version, yeah, our two totally. and a half hour episode. I think we, we'll give people a good 15 minutes. That's, yeah. I think that's a, good, that's a good number for a podcast. Yeah. Seeing we have no ideas. It's, it's weird when you see podcasts that are like 27 minutes long or like even 20 minutes long. It's like, ah. Oh. Come on, guys. It's barely enough time to get my feet wet. Yeah. We're becoming one of those podcasts that discuss other podcasts. We're going deep inside the Matrix. This is like Inception, a couple of levels down now. <laughs> what do you think your dream would be like? Because you know in the movie Inception, yeah, right. like each of the, the layers are influenced by the person who's doing the dreaming. So they go down to Joseph Gordon-Levitt's level and it's like all sort of, um, you know, it's this constructed house and there's the bad guys and, you know, he's able to, mm. you know, kind of mess with the corridor and all that sort of stuff. And then you have sort of uh, Tom Hardy's level, which is like, you know, all James Bond and Snow and... And so they're all influenced by their, you know, so imagine... The person, the person who's doing the incepting. Yeah. So we're a crack team, right? Right. And we're the inception. So they've gone down to my level and yeah. my level's the first level. Yeah. And it's all happening in a giant football match. <laughs> I was going to say like a comedy room yeah. would probably be no, more appropriate. Not it? in my dreams. All right. Yeah. <laughs> in my dreams, it'd be in the, in the middle of a giant football match. Oh, God. Yeah. What would my dream be? I don't know. Um, I guess mine would be... Mine would be at my mansion, right, <laughs> surrounded by my bunnies. <laughs> right. Oh, you would actually have your own Playboy mansion. Yeah, I could imagine you having your own Playboy mansion. I'd actually. love to have a Playboy mansion. I definitely. I don't think I'd ever get bored. Like I know people look at Hugh Hefner and like, oh, what a sad old man. So, yeah, I'd trade places with that sad old man. You He's would. A, you would too, yeah, wouldn't definitely. you? And you would definitely be one of those guys who, when you're like, there's part of me that like looks forward to being seventy, so that I will never have to think about. Having a party or, or, <laughs> or doing any of those sort of things. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm never having a party at my house. I'm never inviting people around. You know, <laughs> I hope I'm there alone, you know, surrounded by cats. Well, having said that, I guess maybe I think I'd be the same as you in that I'd want that mansion, but I wouldn't want people in it. <laughs> like, I'd have a few parties at the start. Just to show off. I just want a mansion to yep. live in and just to walk around and have, like, really nice. I just, I would love to live in a big house with nice things. Yeah. <laughs> that would be Why like would my mean? complicated dream. Why would you mean blonde prostitutes from the Midwest of America? <laughs> Nice things. Yeah, and occasionally you break one and someone's like, this is why we can't have nice things. Because <laughs> you keep breaking the blonde-headed hookers from middle America. There's a rule in my house, you can't go running with a playmate in your arms. Yeah, you break it, you own it. <laughs> you have to take your shoes off so you don't get the playmates dirty. What would my playmates be called? I guess if... Uh... Well, what would your mansion be called? Because you have to have like a... You know, so he's the, that's the Playboy mansion, right? Yeah. So you're... The Tower of Orson. The Tower of Orson. Oh, that sounds like something from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like they have to travel. The bunnies would do that. They would have to like literally, they would be going on a quest from middle America. And they'd be going, we're going on this quest because we want to make it to the Tower of Orson <laughs> and be one of Orson's. And what, what, are, what, you, what are your... Oh God, what would they be? 
What are your bunnies called? I don't know. Do they have an animal name or do they have something that... Well, Playboy, they were bunnies because that, that was the, the image of the Playboy, the Playboy bunny. So what's your, what's your motto? Um, I call them the wombats. The wombats? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Gemma has always said that my family have a slightly marsupial quality. That right. we're all like, My mum looks a bit like a koala. I've got the little paws of a, of a wombat, so you know, wombat seems to make sense. It's yeah. kind of they're kind of cute and fluffy, they're like bunnies, but you know, wombats. Although they're not, aren't really... they kind of aggressive and pig-nosed? Are they aggressive? I reckon wombats have that sort of they're stumpy. Yeah, but I'm going to. If you re- were like, I'm, I'm going to reinvent the wombats. <laughs> Are you going to make wombats sexy? I'm going to make them sexy. Well, I mean, is a bunny necessarily sexy? The most famous. Oh, well, yeah, but you got Jessica Rabbit. There's been like a history of bunnies being sexy when Bugs well, Bunny dressed start, up as a female bunny. I'm going to start the sexy wombat movie. And then people are going to go back and like look at wombat, look at uh, Fatso from A Country Practice and like go, fuck, Fatso looks hot, hot in this episode. Look at the way Fatso waddled, waddled into the barn. You slut, Fatso. We were out looking at locations for our film uh, a few weeks ago and we were in South Australia and... Um, we got taken around by this ranger and Gemma had never seen, because she's from Scotland, yep. had never seen a koala in the wild before. And so okay. this ranger, very cool of him, was like, oh, actually, I'll take you to this part that we don't really let tourists or anyone into, but it's like pretty much like koala central. Yeah. The koala diamond mines. <laughs> <laughs> Sweatshop. Yeah. Here's something not all tourists yeah. get to see. Yeah. Koalas making tiny toy koalas at the sell at airports. <laughs> Clip on koalas. Help me. <laughs> No, we went, so we went through this stretch of um, dirt track and there was koalas everywhere and they yeah. were so fucking cute and cool. And I haven't seen one for a while. I haven't yeah. seen one in the wild for a while. Um, and uh, he was giving us all these facts about them and he was yeah. saying, like, everyone knows a thing about them getting stoned. Like, yeah. that's kind of what a koala they does. They eat gum leaves and get stoned. Yeah. And do podcasts. Yeah. But do you know they don't even need to drink water? They get all their kind of sustenance from that gum leaf. Yeah. So they literally, he says that all they need to do in their day is to sit in that branch, get really, really high, chewing on gum leaves, and then fall asleep. Yeah, that is their hours. day, and they still have time to. I've had have, I've had housemates who were yep. stoners. Yeah, they were they were literally koalas. They were like koalas. Yeah. yeah, if they were cute and fluffy. Yeah, but I, a part of it, I believe, is with because, STDs. Yeah, riddled with STDs, like many of their housemates you had. Yeah. <laughs> riddled with STDs, slept twenty three hours a day and got stoned. You're right. I, I hear that, though, that gum leaves are not very nutritious. And the reason they have to chew them constantly is they actually have to chew them a lot and they have to eat a lot of gum leaves to get any kind of nutrients. Any kind of nutrients. So they could, like, have a protein shake for, like, five seconds in the morning and then be totally like, that'd be fine. Up. They could just go and get some shit done with their day. But if you, in terms of evolution, you've really hit the fucking jackpot when, you know. Uh, Your entire reason to exist is to catch STDs and get stoned. <laughs> yeah, and, and sit that's in it. a tree. And, and people think you're cute. Yeah. They're like. I know that you're a stoner who is riddled with uh, sexually transmitted infections. However, you can be on their coat of arms if you would like. The koala is not on the coat of arms, by the way. Is it on any kind of official? No, it would be. It's always emu kangaroo. Yeah, emu and kangaroo are your royalty of Australian animals. Well, we saw kangaroos as well. Wallabies, echidna, brown snake. Yeah. It was a real uh, connection to, with, the, to, with, the, with the land. With the Australian land? <laughs> the good earth. Yeah. Yeah. Although we also saw um, in uh, Western Victoria, we're looking at some places out there as well. Did you know there's wild deer out there in the mountains of like the Grampians and stuff? There's like like Bambi wild deer. Yeah, I mean, they were domesticated and they got released into the wild as game. Right. And now there's like, they've gone feral and we saw one. It was they've got feral deer. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Just bad attitudes. <laughs> Lazy. They would be too, smoking. <laughs> yeah. Just hanging out in packs. Yeah, that's right. Tagging shit. Coming in a city in the middle of the night and tagging shit. It's really hard to tag, though, when you've only, you don't have opposable thumbs. You've just got a hoof. 
I would have thought can't hold that Posca. I would have thought they could antler shit. You know, they just put like you know ink on the end of the antlers and yeah, right. The one we saw must have been a chick because it had no antlers. Right. Do or do you have antlers? I know reindeer do, but like don't don't normal do you have some sort of you know Bambi didn't have antlers. Did Bambi's mum horns or something? No, no. You couldn't have a Disney baby animal that had horns. It's too satanic. (laughs) Rosemary's Bambi. Oh yeah, it's a good point. (laughs) Rosemary's Bambi. That would be a great mashup. A great mashup. Um, Yeah, I quite like Australian animals. The platypus. That's quite a good. That's hilarious, man. What is that thing? It lays eggs, right? Yeah. It's a it's a reptile masupal mammal. Yeah, that's what it is. That is the technical reptile masupal mammal. But it's like a ma- is it, I think it's technically a mammal or something. But it can swim and it has a beak and that lays eggs. Yeah, like a reptile. It's a fucking all rounder, man. It's like one of those super athletes, like Michael Jordan, who can like play basketball but is also good at baseball. Yeah, Bo Jackson. Yeah, he was the big. Is the Carmichael Hunt? Yeah, yeah. He cross codes. Yeah. It's like I'm not the best swimmer. I can't beat a fish, but I can swim. I can still do that. It does make you wonder, though, about this kind of land. The animals that we throw up, like marsupials are our, like, you know, I know there's other countries that have marsupials, but yeah. our particular brand of marsupials, if you believe in evolution, which I know yeah. that some people don't, and to those people, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Seriously. How did you work out electricity to download this podcast? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I know that we're all riding dinosaurs around 12, 12 years ago. Yeah, that's what happened. 6,000 years ago, none of this existed. And in between, there's a really big plot. But let's not get bogged down in details. Oh, yeah. So if you believe in evolution... Yeah. The way that um, evolution shaped animals in Australia, like, I think it's such an interesting uh, comment on the land, like, or the kind of uh, uh, what you have to do to survive in this country. Like, the platypus needed to have fucking everything. Yeah. Give me, like, uh, I need to be able to swim, so I need webbed toes, but I also need a beak, and I need to lay, lay eggs, and, you know, because I can't leave my young around. It's like, this thing is so kitted out. For fucking survival in this country. He's a Swiss army knife of animals. It is a country of uh, you know, br- uh, vast contradictions. I mean, even, even kangaroos. I was watching the yeah. kangaroos and I was like, when did, what, at what point did the, the DNA of a kangaroo go, you know what would be really good? Bouncing. F- forget running. Like, we've got these big, strong legs and we could stride. Let's bounce. That's yeah. Like, how the fuck did... What, is that because the land is so uneven and rocky? Is that what, what, what would have shaped that? I don't know why you need big bouncy legs. Well, I guess they had to get like really quickly from food to food because where they live, there was no, yeah, but no food it, around. Yeah, but couldn't you run... It, maybe bouncing is a, is a more economical way of moving. Well, they have tiny arms, <laughs> so they can't, they can't go like a dog. They just... Their head would keep... No, but if they had legs like an emu... Yeah. Like they could, emus can run pretty quick. Yeah, that's true. But then I guess it's a, that's what I'm saying. It's about conserving energy. Because like as emu- we know from that Australian uh, factual song, he can't fly, but I'm telling you, he could run the pants off a kangaroo. <laughs> old man emu. And so, yes, emus are indeed faster than kangaroos. If I learnt nothing from that old man emu song. But I think that maybe if you're bouncing, you can sustain a higher speed for longer than if you're just running, if you know what I mean? Like, if you're oh, yeah. sprinting, maybe that takes more energy than hopping from one spot to the next. Oh, it probably would. Like, cause I don't know, sp- man. Think about hopping 100 metres or running 100 metres. I'd be more exhausted if I had to hunt, if I had to hop. Yeah, but, like, you know, those bouncy things that people, like, you know, they put them on their feet and they, like, bounce around? Like, they're... They, they, you fly through the air on those things. Yeah. There's, like, that 400-metre runner, you know, the guy who's got the artificial legs and he's yeah, he yeah. wants to compete at the Olympics, but everyone's like, no, you're half robot. <laughs> you're robot man. That's why you're so fast. He's on those bouncy things. Yeah, Like yeah. a kangaroo. They fucking fly. Yeah, it's true. I, I, I can't remember the exact details, but the way the kangaroo has a baby is quite interesting from memory. I yeah. think the, like, they, like... 
you see it craps it out, <laughs> and then the little jelly baby uh, crawls up its belly into yeah, its pouch, into its pouch, where it completes its gestation. And they'll quite often have like more than one because some of them don't make it all the way up to the pouch. It's bizarre. Have you ever seen the footage of it? You just see this tiny little like jelly bean, this little pink jelly bean, like crawling its way up the fur into the pouch, and it just so, knows where to go. Yeah, like they sh- they sh- I ever- saw one stop and ask directions. Yeah. Checked Google Maps on its iPhone. <laughs> Hey, mate, do you know where the pouch is? It's like a uh, compass interference. Yeah. My, uh, my, my GPS is down. Um, <laughs> we were in a car park and we needed to know where the, the pouch was. Yeah, but I think that's amazing. <laughs> we were in a car park. We need to know where the pouch was. Well, I, I, I like can, the detail. Yeah. <laughs> I can, the car park. I can never get reception when I'm in a car park for my GPS. Oh, right, so right, it's right. the hardest place to, to find anywhere from. from. Yeah. And uh, so they get up into the pouch and then they stay in the pouch for fucking ages. Just Yeah. That's you know, a good life, I guess, up. as well. Getting get carried around in a pouch for ages. Yeah, I'd yeah. like that. I mean, if I was that Hugh Hefner guy living in uh, Orson, Tower, Orson Towers, what was it called? Yeah. Uh, Tower Orson, Orson Tower, whatever, that place. Yeah, right. My mansion. You've already forgotten. <laughs> I'd love to pay just like a really, like the world's strongest man to just carry me around in one of those baby things. <laughs> in a pouch. Those pouch things that you the get. The ones you have on the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just there with your arms out and your yeah, legs and out. and a bottle. <laughs> I'd love that. Like you, come, you haven't seen me in a while. You come round, my butler lets you in, just tells you to wait in the uh, living room. <laughs> you just see this enormous weightlifter from Russia come down the stairs with me strapped to the front of him, starfish style. No, Mark Henry. Oh, yeah. The world's strongest, world's strongest man. man. Well, he's qualified. Mark Henry. You, you ring up the wrestling, you ring up your mate Vince McMahon, you know, because you know, now, now I'm a millionaire. Now you're a billionaire. billionaire. You're all friends. Yeah. And you say, look, um, I know Mark Henry. Donald Trump texts me yep. Vince McMahon's number. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you, you ring him up and you say, look, I know Mark Henry's not wrestling a lot these days. Um, do you think he'd be interested in maybe we could do a deal? <laughs> and uh, you, you, go, you say, in return, um, I'll get some of the Wombats to come down and do ring, you know, ring like cards and stuff like that yeah, for yeah, the wrestling. Yeah. So it's like Vince gets something out of it and yeah. like, you, know, you get Mark Henry, the world's strongest man. And, they could, and, they could do re- and then we could also do a reality show about it as well. Me and my world's strongest man. <laughs> it's not so catchy. <laughs> Me and my grown baby. Yeah. Billionaire baby. Billionaire baby. Billionaire baby. baby. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You could definitely sell that show. Yeah, sure. There's that Bayou Billionaires show, you know, which is about hillbillies no. who have become billionaires. It's like this... Bayou. Is it Bayou? Bayou. 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 Oh, I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> um, but yeah, Bayou Billionaires. And it's about like, you know, all these yeah, hillbillies essentially who've, you know, become billionaires and they just follow them around. So you could be billionaire baby. So what happens on the show? Oh, you just what? see that they're spending their money on yeah. Like, just what? It's like, I got the world's biggest collection of bread ties. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, that's kind of the idea of the How show. How did they come into their money? Um, maybe, I, I, you know what? I, I don't know. I've never watched it. <laughs> I've seen the ads. I've seen the ads, and I've based everything I know about Bayou Billionaires based on the ads. <laughs> but I'm guessing... Then I'm right. Yeah. You're yeah. like the radio DJ who read the uh, front cover and back cover of my book. Yeah. It's like, so, uh, it's dedicated to Denise. Is there a story behind that? <laughs> See, it's uh, published by HarperCollins. What do they like to work with? <laughs> Did you ever get caught out at that doing radio where someone came in and you hadn't seen the film or read the book? I refused to see the films. Like... When you're doing radio, normally the uh, the film distributors won't let you interview one of the stars of the movie if you haven't seen the film. But I have a I refuse to see the film before I talk to them policy, and that is a twofold thing. One that I think interviews are boring if you just talk about. 
that film that they're doing. So I never want it to be completely dominated by that. Particularly, if, like normally you've seen the film before. Other, so you're talking about a film that people aren't you know yet to see. Yeah. But the major reason as we've discussed previously on this podcast, is that I hate movies. <laughs> and most of the time when I go to the movies, I will hate that movie. And I find it very hard to lie to people on the radio. <laughs> like, if you come in and I hated your movie, I'll probably say that I hated the movie. <laughs> but if you come in and I've not seen the movie, I'm happy to pretend that that movie is the best movie of all time. <laughs> like, if you can be out promoting American Pie 9... And I'll be like, mate, everyone is so excited about where you're going with the American pie, you know. I mean, cream pies, that's a good direction. Um, you know, you've whole new, you know, you've, you've done that crossover with the Pie Face franchise and your fucking tiny little mini pies. Brilliant. Love it. But if I've seen the film, I can't lie. So I would never go and see the film. Do you think that American pie, that's, um, that's coming out soon? Yeah, they are making it. Oh, it's, it's out though, isn't it? Oh, the next generation out? or whatever They were out a couple of weeks ago, the stars, and they were getting the, doing the publicity thing. It's like... That's that. I we are living in an age now. You know how bands are always getting back together. Yeah. It's the same for films now. Like you can dust off a franchise or bring people back or reboot it like really easily now. And because it, it's easy to remind people about what it is to keep that brand alive. If you pump something out every four years, even if it is shit, it's kind of almost worth doing just to sort of keep it. You know. And the other thing is stuff. that you can just reboot it constantly, like. Our, like normally you used to have to wait like whole generations before you could have another crack at it but they literally just keep like they had to go at the Hulk and went oh we fucked that up let's reboot it again mm. like they're rebooting Spider-Man yeah the new reboot of Spider-Man only finished a few years ago <laughs> and the poster has the tagline the untold story yeah, <laughs> yeah. the untold origin story that they tell every time about Spider-Man <laughs> that's cheeky <laughs> It's uh, yeah, you can't say it's the untold. Well, I mean, do you think you need to do, tell that origin story for Spider Man now, or do you think everyone kind of gets it? He's bitten by a radioactive spider. Do I you lose anything by starting with a new cast and a new director and stuff, and not revisiting the origin? I, I, I personally would be happy for them not to do an origin story for Spider Man, but I think with Spider Man, the origin story is by far and away the most interesting part of the Spider-Man story because it comes with a level of... Otherwise, Spider-Man is just like a wise-cracking kid who fights crime, you know? Um, you need that pathos. Yeah, like, you know, you need the sort of, you know, the dead uncle. You need the feeling that, you know... He's a loser. He's a loser at high school and that's where, you know, all this sort of stuff comes out of, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's some great... Uh, yeah, for, for people, I'm, I'm assuming everyone knows this, yeah, most of the Spider-Man <laughs> mythology. But Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Uh, turns out, don't date Spider-Man. That is a bad life decision if you date Spider-Man. Shit is going to go wrong in your life. You are either going to get die or get really fucked up if you date Spider-Man. That would be my tip. And so th- there's that. Like, you know, he's lost people in his life and like there's, you know... So there's that bit of it. But I think otherwise... You've got to tell some story where some shit goes wrong or mm. otherwise Spider-Man's too light, I reckon. I guess so. I mean, you can't... You could make a Superman film, like the, the one that sucked, the Superman Returns. Yeah. They didn't do an origin story with that one. Yeah. And I guess maybe that Superman's origin... If Superman's origin is important to his motivation is like Batman's. Because Batman is driven by the pain of seeing his parents killed in front of him and wanting to avenge that. Is Superman's thing about being an alien, you know, coming from being the last of his kind, do you think that influences his motivations? I don't think it does, not as strongly. No, I think the only thing that you know, influences Superman from that point of view is, you know, being a human. 
Like, yeah, the only thing you need to see about Superman in an origin story is why this super being has come to Earth and decided to try to be a human, to try to fit in. I guess what I'm asking is, what is the pathos of Superman? Is it that he's the last of his kind? Because they don't really draw on that too much, do they? No. Well, I no, don't read a heap of Superman. They do. No, I mean, like, the last of his kind is a, is a, is a massive theme. But also, the other thing is... I mean, Isn't he the last of his kind, but then they keep finding Kryptonians? Yeah. They're like, uh, he's the last of his kind. Except for these guys we just found. Oh, and these guys who were down the back of the couch. Oh, and it turns out this entire uh, group from Krypton who were on a cruise to another planet, they didn't die either. And, oh, oh, when we said everyone died, your dad died. <laughs> uh, we said everyone died because we didn't want you to come back because we hated your dad. <laughs> I think there's some father issues. I think Superman at its heart has some sort of... No, really? Yeah. I mean, it's played out because there's kind of this thing of like... You having know, to fill his... His alien his father, father, but yeah. also he's like, you know, his Earth father. And quite often the t- the conflict in Superman is between the sort of super being and the, you know, the kind of down-to-earth hum- human, you know, farmer. And they're the two parts of yeah. Superman is which father does he get most influenced by in... Well, I guess with, with, with Kal-El, right? Yeah. It's his dad, Kal-El. He's Jor-El yeah. and his dad's Kal-El. And he was like a pariah for Krypton, wasn't he? Yeah, that's right. Because he said, you know, the, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. And they're like, shut up, yeah. Cal, go back to your lab, Poindexter. Yeah. If you want your opinion, we'll give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> and he was right, so he sends him out. So Superman is living in the shadow of not only a guy who was a genius, yeah. but also was like a pariah, which yeah. is something that you would feel the need to clear your father's name. So that's probably... Would you say that's fairly accurate? Yeah, I think so. Although, that's... I mean, a, it's not like a motivation that has to clear his father's name. But he has to live in the shadows of, you know, his father, you know, sort of being the only person to know. It's it's interesting. In the um, Smallville mythology, which isn't like... Which only took nine seasons to get good. Uh, and you know what? I've revisited my opinion on that again. Uh, I watched the, the, the finale of the... Like, I watched the last episodes of the 10th season, which is the last season. And... I just don't think it was a good show. I watched 10 seasons, every single episode of that show, and I'm going to say it wasn't a good show. Wow. But in that, they kind of explored the idea that, uh, that Kal-El was really like quite challenging to, you know, like, you know, that he was like a hard man as well. And that he was more, uh, he didn't believe that, yeah, he, that he was a bit more like, I've sent you to Earth, but you really should be dominating these people rather than, oh, right. That's you know, you should be the one who's like telling them how everything should be and being their saviour, not kind of trying to yeah, right. you know, fit in and being a human being. Did they say why Superman was sent to Earth? Is it because, it's because of our sun, right? Yeah. So, like, basically, that's that, where he gets his powers from the sun. Yeah. But, so, but on Krypton, on Krypton, do you still have the same powers? Can you fly and you're strong and all that kind of stuff? That's a, that's a good point. Or is it only because he's in an alien atmosphere, the sun makes him react in a certain way? Yeah, well, I got the impression that, like, you know, it was like... I mean, all Kryptonians must be able to fly. Yeah, but it would be like us going to, like, you know, you finding some tribe in the Amazon where yeah. they were all, like, you know, pygmies. Yeah. Like, we would be able to fucking dominate them at basketball. Yeah. Even though you and I are not particularly good basketballers, mm. I reckon we could take some pygmies. Yeah. And I think that's what Superman's like. He comes to Earth and, like, you know, because of the way our sun shines... And he's getting stronger and stronger because of global warming. <laughs> the holes in the ozone layer have really fired up Superman. He's getting new powers all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, I think that, um, you know, I think that's it. But I, but then I kind of have memories of, you know, scenes on... Well, I guess if everyone is the same strength and the same, has the same powers... It yeah, so it's that, relative. But they can, I think they'll have the power of flight. I mean, if you go into the movies... 
yeah. the three bad guys from the second film yeah. could all fly and were all strong. Well, that's right. Yeah, Zod and all that, all the minions of Zod and, you know. <laughs> Kneel before Zod. Kneel before Zod. Michael Shannon's a new Zod. Did you know that? No. Who's Michael Shannon? Um, do you know that guy, the big face? He's from Boardwalk Empire. He's, uh, he was nominated for an Oscar for... Oh, God, what's it called? What was it? He's nominated for an Oscar for... What was that Kate Winslet film? Little Children? All My Children? I Have Some Children? We Are The Children? <laughs> All My Children? Is, is it a, a film with Patrick Children Wilson? of the Corn? No, it came out a few years ago. Little Children? Anyway. The Mighty Ducks. He's, you'd know his face if you saw him. He normally plays a bad guy, but okay. he's in Boardwalk Empire. And if you haven't watched Boardwalk Empire, it's fucking great. I've seen a little bit of it, but I haven't watched the whole series. Anyway, but he's playing General Zod. And I think that... I mean, Terrence Stamp is pretty cool, but yeah. I get... In the same way that you feel that Tom Hardy is going to destroy Mad Max, I get the feeling that Michael Shannon... Because he should have been nominated for an Oscar this year for this film he did called Take Shelter, and it didn't happen. Yeah. But he's... I heard like, that was unreal. He seems like one of these guys who's on the cusp of, like, I'm just going to fucking blow everyone's mind away. And then they won't be able to make a film like that without him. I reckon he's just going to do something really awesome with this. Right. Might well, be a bad film. I'm not saying the film will be good. Superman? Yeah. Who's making it? It's Zack Schneider. <sighs> yeah, that's... I mean, Superman as a story doesn't interest me at all. Like, I just don't... Because he's too super. Yeah. The only, like, yeah. the only time that Superman is interesting is, you know, when there's Kryptonite around. Yeah. Because then you're like, how's he going to get out of this shit? But Kryptonite's too strong. Like, it's all or nothing with Superman. You know, there's a sort of thing of going, either he's going to win because he's Superman, or he's going to lose because they've given him kryptonite and now he has no powers. There's never sort of... He needs kryptonite about two kilometres away. Yeah. So he's just powered down a little bit. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, because the thing about Batman is he could always fucking die. Yeah, yeah. He's just a dude in a leather suit. Although in comics that doesn't mean anything anymore. The dying thing. Well, yeah, because people die all the time people and then come back. come back. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, you can't... It's not a swifty you can pull anymore. I mean, they used to do it for, like, long periods of time in comic books where a character would actually die. Like, you know, they killed Hal Jordan. I think he stayed dead for quite a while. Yeah. You know, but nowadays it's like, oh, he'll be back within a month. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just give him a different haircut. Yeah. His suit will be, like, the opposite colour of what it was. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But I don't think people want their heroes to die. Like, well, when you, when you talk about the Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises and you say that you think he's going to die, like, yeah. that upsets me. I think that I wouldn't... I don't want to see Batman die and I don't want to see them continue the franchise with like a, a person who's not Bruce Wayne. I think it always has to be Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I want to see him die. It'd be the ballsiest move ever. Yeah. Especially for a, like a, a PG film because remember they still have to get families in and you're going to kill your hero. What message does that send to kids? <laughs> don't be a hero. Don't be a vigilante. That's yeah. the message. Yeah, I suppose. And it kind of yeah. is too, really. Yeah. I don't think Batman... Like, I mean, I love Batman... But, like, Batman's that classic example of... You know how sometimes you can believe in something for yourself or for someone, but you don't necessarily subscribe that everybody should be able to do that thing? Yes. And when I say that, like, I mean, I mean things like... You know, say drugs, for example. There are some people that clearly, you know, taking drugs doesn't hurt them or anybody else in any way. But then there's other people you go... You shouldn't take drugs. You don't take drugs. You know, it's, it's, it's not a good decision. I'm like that with vigilantism. There are some people that I am confident to have dress up as a giant bat and fight crime. Bruce Wayne, for one. Uh, there are some people that I'm not confident having dress up like a giant bat and fight crime. Brenda Favola. <laughs> like, my point being that, you know, like it's just, it's a niche thing. Yeah. So I think the message out of it should be. And I think, it's not. I think in Dark Knight, Nolan was actually saying, you know, with, with all the guys who dressed up like Batman and went out and fought, fought, fought crime, 
Like there was that whole kind of thing of going, you know. I'm not wearing hockey pads. <laughs> that thing. <laughs> it's a short episode today, but we've got a Batman <laughs> reference in, so Pick. yeah, everything's fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, vigilantism. I, I mean, how, how can you possibly endorse it? Because how, I mean, who's to decide what's right and what's wrong? You know what I mean? Like that's why vigilantism never really works in the real world. There can be acts of vigilante vigilantism. But, I mean, to someone to declare themselves a vigilante who will be yeah. the arbitrator of right and wrong, I'm like, uh, I don't trust you. Yeah, cause I mean, the people we elect to determine between right and wrong often don't make the right decisions. Yeah. So, so if as a country at the next election we had to yeah, elect a prime minister and we also had to elect... A vigilante. A vigilante to act on behalf of Australia. Yeah. Like, you know, you'd have to be pretty careful about who you chose. Because yeah, it's got to be someone who has all the skills. You, you know, but you don't want to choose a Chopper Reed or something. No. Like, he would get the job done. Yeah. Uncle Chop Chop would fuck people up, you yeah. know, but... Crime rate would be down. Yeah, but he's a loose cannon. Yeah. You can't have him as your chief vi- vigilante. vigilante. Who would you have? Who you get? The guy, uh, that, um, you know, uh, Medal of Valor guy, you know. Oh, Ben Roberts. Ben Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, he's physically capable. He's definitely physically cut. Seems like, he seems like a nice guy. You know what? Um, but so the people who don't listen in Australia might not know this, but there's I think there's only a couple of VC winners, which is the highest uh, medal you can be uh, awarded. Yeah, so that's right. So I remember you don't say winner. you don't say win. Yeah, that's right. You're awarded it. You don't yeah. win it. Recipient. Yeah, you're a recipient of the of the VC, and uh, he like is a hardcore motherfucker. He's the guy, if I'm getting this right, and I don't mean any disrespect if I'm not, but I believe that he faced down a hundred Taliban by himself to try to rescue his, you know, some of his mates who'd fallen. Like, amazing. And yeah. the rig on this guy is yeah. insane. I've never seen a fitter guy in my entire life. SAS, right? Yeah, SAS. Yeah. And he's like, and they, the SAS are hardcore motherfuckers. You know, they're the only ones when they're overseas who are allowed to grow beards, allowed to drink, because they're just the the best of the best and they you know they play cards and they they go hard and they're respected around the world the Australian SAS they're fucking full on and so this this girl on Australian TV made a comment about him and like it was a dumb comment for her to make but at the end of the day it was just a dumb comment and people went mental and like mm. burnt down the internet and like you know we're making threats <laughs> against her and they were just like we have to burn the internet yeah people would be crazy for that didn't they it was insane but what I loved the most about this guy was he was fine. Yeah. Like, even though he was the one they were making fun of, he's like, he's a guy who gets shot at for a living. <laughs> he's like, he got a medal that says he's the bravest guy in Australia. He could take that medal anywhere. He could go to movies and they would let him in for free. He could go to nightclubs and walk past the line and go, here's my medal, and let him in for free. They should have, on a, they should have that medal on a string that he can put into vending machines. <laughs> and he puts it in and he pulls it out and he can have whatever he wants from the vending machines. He should park for free for the rest of his life. He puts that medal in the parking and they let him in. Like, he is the, the yeah, he was fine, you yeah. know, and everyone else went mental on his behalf. And I, I found that really weird. Well, he can be our vigilante. I nominate him. I nominate Liam Neeson. Because he's we, not even Australian. Don't care. We can recruit. Why can't we have Liam Neeson? Uh, if you need someone to take revenge on someone who's done wrong against you, if I've learned nothing from recent documentaries uh, about Liam Neeson, uh, is that he loves to take revenge on people who've wronged his family. Yeah, that's true. 
Oh, can I get a young Harrison Ford? Because <laughs> he also... <laughs> yeah, but now he's an old stoner. You can't have him now. You've got to get him now. Yeah, right. Like, Liam Neeson's still angry. In that latest movie, The Grey, apparently he punches a wolf and calls it a motherfucker. Does he really? Like, if a guy is willing to call a wolf a motherfucker and punch it in the face, then he can be my vigilante. He never really stops working, does he, Liam Neeson? He no. seems to have at least a couple of films coming out every year. Yeah. Like, he must be one of the biggest stars in the world now. Because all these films seem to do well. Even the ones that are a bit suspect. Like I reckon he's like... or whatever. I, I I watch them all because you just you just know it's going to kind of be entertaining you know that just for like watching Liam Neeson enact revenge on someone for an hour and a half is just going to be kind of fun yeah yeah he kicks a bit ass but he looks like a guy who would take revenge yeah he, he, what and, he, and it seems like that's the only sort of movie he wants to make now yeah although he'll be in there's, he'll be in the the new Dark Knight film oh yeah yeah there's no I, doubt in I, my mind no, that he's going to be in Dark well, Knight Rises yeah especially considering the comic book history and the, yeah. what is it the Lazarus Pit yeah no, I, characters I, can't die yeah I have no doubt that he's uh, yeah no, absolutely no doubt he'll be in that film but nope. in between he'll just take some revenge on some people he must have like he must be on one of the biggest paychecks though you reckon going around no I reckon bankable. he's one of those guys who'd be value for money I reckon you get like you know so you he's get, not getting the 25 million you know, no nah. nah. I reckon every year like, you know when there's those lists of, you know, the, the best value for money celebrities and it's always like Vince Vaughn because yeah. you can get him for like, you know, Matt, six Matt million Damon. or whatever and like his movies always kind of make $80 million. Yeah. I reckon Liam Neeson would be uh, he'd be, that you'd sort be, of thing. He'd be getting way over for Liam Neeson because he does those, like Taken was a, one of those French uh, co-productions which yeah. they make for like $40 million but then they sell it like a big Hollywood movie and it makes like fucking $300 million back. Yeah. He would definitely be total value for money, I reckon. Yeah. And he doesn't ever really do kind of art house kind of films now. So it's not like he ever really takes a risk. It's always the stuff that, you know, is going to kind of sell tickets. Yeah. People ring him up and go, it's Woody Allen, uh, Liam. Um, I'd love to be in my next movie. Uh, You know, it's called Lunchtime in Beirut. (laughs) Um, And Liam's like, well, can I hunt anyone down for an hour and a half and kill them? Sure, that's the direction. (laughs) Does my daughter get taken? Yeah. I mean, away, abducted. (laughs) Uh, I I love that you wouldn't fucking cross Liam Neeson just based on that in real life, would you? No. Like if like if he hadn't paid his like phone bill or he looks intimidating. Yeah. Like he seems he's got that balance though of being like uh, intimidating but also very father figure. Like you you almost want to get a hug from him at the same time. Yeah. As, you know you, you're scared of him. Yeah, that's right. You want his approval. Oh no, you definitely you definitely want his approval. Yeah. You definitely want him to not want to take revenge on you. Yes. And hunt down you and your family and kill them. <laughs> You would just, even if you're like a, in a, like a, a cafeteria or whatever, and you're the waitress, you'd be so careful about making sure that, uh, now, do you want these plates to be taken? Are you finished with this coffee? Is it okay if I take this coffee away? Because if I take it into the kitchen and then you hunt down me and my family and kill us all because I took your coffee too early, tell me what you need, Leo. I said I wasn't done. <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Nixon. <laughs> He's also one of those... I know we've touched on this before, but I do love the fact that he just has given up on pretending to have any other accent other than his oh, own yeah, accent. Yeah. But it also, he's also given up on um, ever raising his his voice. Have you seen him in interviews? Like, he just always keeps like the same kind of measured tone. It's just like, wow, man. I was always told that when you're an actor, you got to learn how to project, but yeah. he just is so quiet. That's kind of what makes him... I think has that aura because you know how those guys you're not scared of the guy at the pub who's like you know yelling and screaming and acting crazy you're scared of the guy sitting in the corner very uh, quietly uh, you know just assessing you and that's kind of like what he does <laughs> he actually it's funny you should say before about um, you know not seeing films 
there was a clip they played on TV, which was a woman uh, who was sitting down to have a chat with Liam Neeson. And she did the whole kind of preamble of, you know, I hear the film's fantastic and it's going to be great and blah, blah, blah. And he said, have you seen the film? And she was like, no, I haven't, but I'm going to go see it this weekend. And he's like, wow, you're just going to make this interview that much harder now, aren't you? And it's just like, whoa. Like, you just, you just saw, like, the lens of the camera just, like, ice up and crack. If, if, Where, if Liam Neeson had said that to me before I was going to see one of his films, I would have gone and seen his film. <laughs> I won't go on interviews. I haven't seen the film. He's like, oh, well, where are your family? <laughs> I'm about to hunt them down and kill them. Just pull out your iPhone yeah. and go straight to iTunes. <laughs> Liam's just there. He has pictures of my cats on his phone. He's like, do these look familiar? See the movie, mate. So you're wombats, right? <laughs> Fuck the wombats, yeah. yeah. So you've got your um, awesome tower. And you've got your wombats. Uh, you know how the Playboy bunnies kind of dressed in the, you know, sort of the bunny costumes. What are the what are the wombats dressing in? A bit like what Raquel Welsh wore in Six Million BC. So it's like a fur oh. bikini, but wombat fur, not real wombat. Fur, yeah, fur, like fake wombat fur. No, bikini. in fact, a percentage of every magazine you sell goes to save the wombats. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they have like uh, like furry UGG boots. Exactly, just think Raquel Welsh in Six Million Years BC. So the furry UGG boots, okay. the furry little line cloth, little. Very bikini top. All right, I'm actually starting to get more interested in this idea. Now, uh, how do you recruit them? Like, uh, yeah, what, what's national draft? <laughs> Every year, the most prominent, promising 17 year olds are put into a draft. Every year, the 17 year olds with the lowest self esteem are yeah. put into a draft. Um, how are you choosing your wombats? Uh, like, how many would you have? Do you at, reckon at any one time? Yeah. So these are like my. I mean, obviously, there's wombats all the time at um, Austin Towers, yeah. Tower Austin. Um, but the ones that I take as my girlfriends. Yeah. How many? How many like, because you know how Hugh Hefner had like six at one stage. Six. I don't think I want that many. I think th- three. Three. Three is a good number. And how are you going to choose who gets to be the special wombats? Um. Well, just whoever's not shitting me at the time. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I, what, why? What would your criteria be? Well, no, it's your, it's your tower. I just want to know, like, what, how you're getting... I just feel like those... I'm being led somewhere. No, no. no so okay. I'm just genuinely interested in how you're recruiting My your three... My selection process. Okay, so I guess I would want one... Give me one that's really good at, at um, compliments and building me up. Okay. Like a real sycophant, right? Right. So yeah. even though you're a billionaire who has your own mansion full of hot women dressed as wombats, you still need to be butted up a little bit? Yeah, totally. Okay. But I'm going to balance it out with another one who tells the truth, always cuts to the chase and gets right to the point. Oh. But I need that balance. Okay. So one I can rely on for like the truth, another one I can rely on to make myself feel better. So if I'm right. feeling like, you know, just say circulation is down like by 200,000 copies, but I don't really want to know about it, I'll go and talk to the one who butters me up and she'll make me feel better about it. But if it's fucking like, oh, no, I really need to fucking... We really need an honest opinion, and then I've got the bunny who I. She's the truth giver. Then you would have an, a threesome with the two of them, and you just come out and feel fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. I'm okay. I'm okay. And the third bunny, I guess. I don't know. Um, just uh, always on call to get donuts. <laughs> she has. She's like to hook me up. Like she's my pusher. Yeah. But she can get me pastries at any hour of the night, any location, no matter where we are in the world. Oh, she has her own bakery or something. Yeah. Well, she's just hooked up, hooked in. Oh, she just. Yeah, the okay. Yeah. She's more like a personal assistant. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. That I can have sex with. Yeah. And eat donuts on top of. <laughs> or have sex with through a donut. <laughs> if that's your thing. <laughs> and is your bedroom like a cave like a wombat would be like you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, the Playboy Mansion isn't a burrow, so why no, would the, well, I'm not saying the whole mansion should be a burrow. Well, I have theme, saying, would your... I would have themed rooms, definitely. Because yeah. I guess we're to, because circulation is down because of the internet now. Yeah. So what I've done is open up a portion of Orson Towers yeah. um, for people to come, tourists to come by. So there's like rooms that are themed up and stuff, and there's yeah. memorabilia from you know decades of you know. Um, so yeah, there would be like a it'd be like you know what it would look like. Um, uh, Winnie the Pooh's house in the old in the old Winnie the Pooh. Oh yeah, right. Okay, so great. like you know there'd be dirt walls and yeah. kind of shelves built into the dirt and like a little open fire and Perfect. stuff like that. Yeah. All right, I like that. Um, what are you wearing? What? You, oh, because I need the yeah. dressing gown. Well, because you have now always yeah goes around in his you know monogram dressing gown. That's his signature thing. What are you wearing? Um. Because the other thing is, you track can't, suit pants. You can't <laughs> really just, expensive tracksuit pants. You can't just wear normal clothes because all the women are dressed as wombats. Yeah, right. you've got to wear something that at least is making a statement. I just reckon a big blanket, a big like made out of the same fake fur, like as a snuggie, like a snuggie, a, oh, a wombat snuggie, a wombat snuggie. Yeah. That would be perfect. <laughs> that would be my eccentric little, you know. I'd just be wearing a wombat fur snuggie. Plus, I would have Mark Henry carrying me from room to room. Oh, that's right. I forgot that Mark was involved. Wow. My three so, wombats are following me around. One giving me compliments, the other one telling me the truth, while the third one is pushing donuts into my mouth. One's like, you I think the- I am in Inception right now. You're is- like, uh, thank you, uh, wombat. Uh, I do think that I look very attractive. Thank you, other wombat, for telling me that I'm probably a bit old for a, a man to be carrying me from room to room and that you can see up my snuggie. <laughs> and thank you for the donuts, said wombat. <laughs> Please feed the baby billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like a good plan. How are we going to make this happen? I don't know. I've got to start a porno- pornography empire. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. It's too late for that. Can we start? Can we do the first pornography podcast? I mean, I guess it's a bit well, hard to... I was kind of disappointed that a few weeks ago we asked for some people to send us some um, slash fiction, some asterisk tintin slash fiction. Uh, I thought, no one did? No. Is it too much work? Bastards. Probably, actually. Write one page script. Well, we didn't have to be one page. Well, no, we were saying one page. Oh, did just we? so it wouldn't seem too daunting. Because you okay. say, give us a couple of pages. A couple of pages. But how much dialogue can you get out in one I page? I don't know. One page. <laughs> couple of paragraphs. One Got conversation. One Although just asterisk says something and oblique says something. That's it. Somebody suggested on Twitter this week, uh, I thought was which a great casting, which was uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost would be. A, what do you mean? Someone suggested that. We suggested. We suggested that, that do we? Oh, really? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, sorry. We suggested that. We suggested that. I retweeted that. On and someone Twitter, wrote back. Like, You're like, what a brilliant idea! I thought that was a genius. I think I wrote that. <laughs> Like, brilliant. I've got to start listening to the podcast. <laughs> that's really funny. Oh my God, that's a great... I literally read that and I was like, that is a great bit of casting. We said that. Yeah. No, oh, well, it's good on us. We actually did about five minutes on it. Pat <laughs> on the back. <laughs> so there must be um, porn podcasts out there, though. Like that are sex. specifically porn. Well, I guess I mean, there's the ones where they interview about, porn yeah. stars, but is there literally something that people just it's listen to? to... It's not a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, the porn cast. Get, like people just reading erotic fiction. Yeah, I wonder if you could get done for obscenity for that. I, don't, I mean, fuck! If you can get it done for obscenity for that, I think you get done for obscenity for pretty much all the things we say on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, if we read out a letter from the Penthouse Forum. 
Should we read out a letter from the Penthouse Forum? All right, next episode. Next episode, we'll read out a letter from the Penthouse Forum. There it's you not go. a bad idea. There's a hook. Yeah. We'll find a letter from the Penthouse Forum and we'll do a little reading. Yeah, okay, A bit of culture. Cool. Yeah, why It's not? like Ira Glass's podcast. How are we going to pick, though? We don't want to kind of... Nothing we gonna, too filthy. Are we going to... All right. Okay. I don't know. We'll forget to do this, so I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why we're like, go, what will we do? We won't do it. No, remind us, remind us on Facebook. It's up yeah. to you guys. If you want to hear it... Yeah. Show of hands. Show of likes. Oh, we'll have a we'll, we'll have a poll. We'll put a poll on the website about whether <laughs> Do we you, really want to put a poll on the website? You, why not? <laughs> to see if we should read a letter from yeah. Penthouse Forum. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's how you, you know that's what? How you people we'll get ask people, involved, if people would be offended by it. Oh yeah. Okay. Because that's, that's almost like written consent. So no one can complain because yeah. we're gonna say, well, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll take we'll take a majority for yes as uh, as yeah. consent. Yeah. And then we will <laughs> Your Honor. <laughs> Look, I took a vote around the room. She wasn't into it, but heaps of other people said it was okay. So, uh, this is a democracy, right? I had a vote. Guilty. (laughs) That's been another episode of World's Worst Lawyer. (laughs) And whenever we do like a courtroom situation, it's always the world's worst lawyer. Normally it ends with, this is not a courtroom, Mr. Anderson. Just standing on your table. World's worst lawyer. <laughs> At a McDonald's. I object. This isn't a courtroom. Order! <laughs> yeah, now what is your order? No! <laughs> World's worst lawyer. Sustained. <laughs> what is sustained? I don't know. <laughs> this conversation is sustained. You don't live here. Objection! <laughs> World's worst lawyer. <laughs> New series. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, so... Yeah. We'll, we'll, make, we'll do a poll on yeah. the website. Do you want us to read a letter from, uh, from Penthouse Forum? I mean, I guess it would be just up to iTunes to censor it and well, whoever hosts it. Let's not get iTunes involved. Let's not, you know, make them start thinking about censoring our podcast. They might start listening to it, Charlie. Yeah, right. That's a good point. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. Who is iTunes? It's not like one person. I imagine it's like the end of the first Tron. iTunes is just like a big... You know, like a tower of light with a face on it, big red tower. Right. Well, it turns out that iTunes is actually a subsidiary of the world's largest company, Apple. So, uh, you're wrong. <laughs> it's not like Tron. It's the world's biggest company. And they control much of your information and your finances, and they can shut down our podcast. So, all hell iTunes, <laughs> everybody involved in Apple. And I know there are people who listen to this not on iTunes, but please don't say mean things about iTunes because they control the world. Are you seriously worried about it? Am I worried about iTunes, iTunes being in charge Apple? of the world? Not really. So you, do you, you, you don't read your agreement before you click through it when you get like update software and stuff? Uh, no one in the history of the world has <laughs> ever read the agreements, Charlie. No one has time. If you are reading agreements of things before you do them, then you haven't had time to buy a computer. Or you got your computer on the first day, and you're probably also one of those people when they get to a porn site where it says, are you over 18, yes or no? You answer honestly. <laughs> like... Don't no one reads the agreements. It's it's fine. So um, no, I look, I look. I always get worried when some big company controls all our information. Like I read this really interesting article in the New York Times about how Target know more about us than you know than we do because they're you know tracking your shopping. And there was a famous story about a uh, Target knew that a teenage daughter was pregnant before the dad knew oh, yeah, she yeah, was pregnant yeah. because they were able to track the things that she was buying and they have this computer program that shows because the best time to get somebody in marketing 
is in a change of life. People don't change things like toothpaste, toilet paper, essentials. Toothpaste or hair product? Toothpaste, hair products, <laughs> toilet paper. Um, they don't change those unless they're going through a major life move. Right. So they've done all these studies that if you're, say, yeah, moving house, you'll buy a new cereal. Or if you get into a new relationship, oh, you'll yeah, buy... They know everything changing. about us. And so they found out that, you know, people buy these certain products when they're pregnant and they sent her, like, all these, you know, ads for you know, things you'd have to buy. And her dad's like, this is outrageous. And then the girl's like, yeah, I'm pregnant. <laughs> so fucking hell, man. That is so scary. Yeah, I mean, but some people would argue that it's the same thing as like, you know, when you get on Amazon and they say, well, yeah, if you yeah. like this, you might it's also like this. It's intuitive technology. But it also feels like profiling. That's a scary part. Well, it is profiling. Yeah. They know, they know our birthday. They know where I live. They know how long it takes me to get to the shop. They know where I stop on the way there. They're able to track all these things, you know, about your life. It's like having a personal assistant. Unfortunately for Target, what they know about me the most is I don't shop at Target. So they've got that information right at the top. All right. Uh, I'm sorry, folks. We have yep. to wind this up because I've actually got to get a flight. Yes. Um, so uh, check us out on Facebook, uh, Twitter at TweetFop. Um, there's also uh, a couple of hashtags if you're interested, TOEFOP quotes and TOEFOP facts. Rate us on iTunes. All hail iTunes, our <laughs> great and benevolent leader. <laughs> and you got... Uh, oh, yeah, I'm on tour. So um, Melbourne Comedy Festival. Melbourne International Comedy Festival. I'm only on for three weeks. So um, uh, get in early. Some of the cheap shows are already sold out. And uh, the show's called Willarious. It's on at the Comedy Theatre. So I would love to see you guys there. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Bringing up the billionaire baby. <laughs> <laughs>